Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, so every day I try to just bring a, a different perspective to you. I try to just share somebody else's, get somebody else to share their heart on how Christ is making a difference in their workplace. And today will be no different than that, but just a new guest. We've got Jeff Ruby with Red Rock Leadership joining us again. You can find lots about him. Every day he does his take the lead moments. And you can find out more about him online at redrockleadership.com. But he's brought a friend of his today, Gary Barker. It's actually Bob Barker's grandson is on the radio with the. Sorry, I was going to ask you about that ahead of time, Gary. Just sorry. It was just something that came to me. But, uh, Gary Barker, he's a sales manager with Digital Technology Group. You can find out more about them at dtgweb.com. And he's been working with Jeff Ruby for quite a while, which you're going to hear about. And you're also going to get to hear Gary's testimony, which is really what we're all interested in, is how is Christ making a difference in his life? Gentlemen, before I start with you, just a verse from Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10. What is What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a new thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has already been in the ages before us. Ecclesiastes is so clear. When Solomon wrote that, it's so clear that there's nothing really new. But it seems like each and every generation kind of uncovers new things. And as we explore into Christ, we, we start to discover these things. Jeff Ruby, Gary Barker, welcome 
Ty, work for him. Good to be here. Good to be here. You know, Jeff, it's always exciting having you in the studio because I never know between the two of us what we're going to say because uh, we both think really, really quickly. We both probably sometimes speak without thinking very, very quickly, but you've had an incredible year at Red Rock Leadership. Talk to me about how Christ has made a difference in your life and impacted, because of how he's impacted your life, how it's impacted Red Rock Leadership. Well, you know, it's uh, been recapping quite a bit about what's been going on in uh, in 2015, and I'm I'm amazed at what what God has done in my life. And it, you know, I would love to say that Red Rock had a great year, and we did. But I think what makes the year even more impactful is just some of the work that I've been involved with overseas. A church I've been working with down in Paraguay, and and a um, uh, group of high schoolers that I've been working with through my church, and things like that. And uh, just an opportunity to bring teen leadership camp to the forefront has really been a, um, you know, three key highlight moments. And when, when all is going well in those areas, um, undoubtedly things seem to go well in the business. Well, and you got to bring your, your, your leadership skills, your training skills with you to Paraguay this summer, this fall, and, and make an impact on pastors' lives, on lives of people in ministry right in the front lines. But your team leadership stuff that you've done for the students, how many times had you never done that before 2015? Never did it before. And you had tremendous success. Great. It was great. And the Lord completely blessed it. It was amazing. That's a lot of fun. Now, Gary, you come to us after having worked with Red Rock Leadership for how many years? Uh, we actually started in uh, formally uh, in 2015. Okay. All right. So let's just talk about in, in a few seconds before we go to break, how is Christ making a difference in your life today? Uh, you know, 2015 has just been really a realization of, of really the awesomeness of God um, and a reminder to me that it's all about service. Uh, it's being aware of what's going on, not only in my life, but in the lives of those around me. Uh, the lives of people in my office, my customers, and even people that I just meet throughout the day in, in, in the marketplace, and, and just being just being keenly aware of those opportunities to uh, to make a difference. Hey, today we're talking with Jeff Ruby with Red Rock Leadership. Yes, Jeff is a repeat guest, and every time we bring him on here, we have some fantastic conversations. He's brought along a friend today. He's brought along Gary Barker. He's the sales manager at Digital Technology Group right here in Tampa Bay. Find him online at dtgweb.com. And no, these people don't pay me to say that. I just like, if people come on, I want people to know, how do you find out about these people? Plus, you can do background checks. Gary, as we were talking about uh, offline, you, uh, you've you got uh, married Carla. you got four kids, twins yes. that are 25-year-olds. Are they both boys? A boy, girl. Boy, oh, okay. So they weren't total terrors at home. They just won a piece. Yes. Wow, I just think that'd <laughs> be incredible. Turns. They took turns. <laughs> nice. All right, 25-year-old twins, an 18- and a 15-year-old. Uh, how long have you and Carla been, been uh, married? We're a blended family. Nice. So we've okay. been we've been married six years. Wow, I got that's that is probably the toughest marital group out there is the blended family group because you you uh, you're dealing not only with your spouse which that's enough work as it is and dealing with ex spouses and that's a lot of work as well. So got a great resource in case your wife's ever figure out how in the world to be a stepmom. Are those kids your kids or her kids or both? Uh, the 25 year olds were from uh, her previous marriage. The 18 and 15 year old were from mine. 
Got it. So I've got a I've got a, a book that I've, I had a guest on earlier this year, and she wrote 101 tips for this for the uh, smart stepmom. You ever heard of Laura Petherbridge? You ever heard of her? Yes. She I had her on. She's actually going on our marriage cruise with this year, this year, and uh, to be able to talk to blended families because there's a lot of blended families out there. And I don't know if you knew this, Jeff, but the churches today don't really they they treat blended families like regular families. But they're not at all like regular families. Do you have buddies that are blended families, Jeff? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Have any of them ever expressed to you that they get frustrated because the church doesn't know how to deal with them? Uh, you know, we, we go to Idlewild. Sure. And, um, <laughs> Idlewild's got something for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, yeah, we're a pretty comprehensive, very, um, uh, you know, kind of very wrap, the, wrap our arms around you know, everyone. So sure. Well, Gary, have you had that frustration where the church didn't really know what to do with it? You said you're going to Grace Family. Yeah, we the- go to Grace Family. We actually also have a, a pretty in-depth ministry that uh, specifically deals with the blended family, mm-hmm. small groups and uh, courses that you can take and people that you can connect with that are in that same uh, phase of life. Um, but yeah, I understand the, the dynamic there. Um, there's a lot of churches that are just smaller or maybe not as equipped, or maybe just really unaware that that's a significant need in, in our world today. Well, speak to those blended families, the people that are listening today, because what is what has been one thing you guys have struggled with that you didn't expect to struggle with in your in your blended marriage? You know, I think just the awkwardness of when you see uh, when you see your children doing something, and in the back of your mind, it's is it my place to say something or not? And so sometimes there can be that awkwardness. I, I would say the two most important things are listen to your spouse and most importantly, listen to God. And the Holy Spirit will will guide and direct not only what to say, but how to say it and when to say it. And if if you're if you've got love in your home and, and Christ is at the center of your home, that that helps a lot. Well, I imagine it helps make up for some of those things. And Jeff and I were thinking when you said, wondering whether you should say something or not, when you see something, Jeff and I are going, of course, say it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, exactly. it's, it's a tough thing. I would, that would be a very difficult situation for me because I would have a very hard time stepping back and saying, nope, I'm just going to be quiet right there. That's not my place. <laughs> that would, that would be a difficult place for me. So what do you attribute? What, what's one of these successes that you have, you think that you and Carla have figured out that has made, you've made it six years already. And in most blended families, they say it takes about seven years to really start to get a groove. Stella got a groove right away, but it, you know, most married <laughs> blended families took, take a little while. What do you think is one of those things? Uh, you know, you learn to die to self. Um, mm. And that's something that whether you're a blended family or not, you can you can learn a lot from. Um, we live in a society where uh, there's a lot of entitlement and there's a lot of it's all about me and, and my needs need to be met. And when you realize that we're to love our wives like Christ loved the church, we're, we're to love others as we would like to be loved. And if you if you can walk out servanthood in your life and figure out what that looks like for you, it doesn't make all the problems go away. But you bring the right spirit to the problem, and it makes it a lot easier to get through it together. Uh, and I think that's probably the secret that we've that we've found is just die to self and really look to the other person. I, I think it's fantastic advice. I know you didn't plan on a- you know, answering marriage questions when you come on, but one of the heart and passions is, and Jeff and I know this, that if stuff's going on at home that's a mess, it impacts your workplace. And and it's people need to understand that there are a lot of blended families out there. As you know, you you said you're in a you're in small groups of blended families, and they struggle very differently than families that aren't blended because you get all those other 
peripheral things that are feeding into you. So it's it's powerful. And you're speaking to people that are really struggling. There's some people out there going, I've only been married a year in a blended family, and I'm just not sure I made the right decision because it's difficult. And because you you didn't give birth to those children, you know, you would you got them at I don't know whatever age it might have been. Well, you just said 15 and 18, so they were nine and 12, and the 25 year olds were 19. I mean, that's a difficult age to grab any kids. So talk to me about your relationship with Jeff. You said that you met Jeff in 2015. What was the situation on why you started working with Jeff Ruby at Red Rock Leadership? We've had some casual, our, our offices are in reasonably close proximity to one another. So we've had opportunity on occasion to see each other in passing. And uh, actually what really, what really did it for me was I was having a son getting ready to graduate. And over, over the, the summer, they started advertising this program they were going to do for teenagers. And I was actually walking through the parking lot on my way back to my office and, and saw some teenagers coming out of, of Red Rock's building. And so I just paused and waited and waited. Uh, and, and there was just a huge number of these teenagers that were there. And I thought, you know what? You just don't do that. You've got to have a heart for people and, and a servant's heart to make an investment into young people's lives. And, you know, I've got children. So that really spoke to my heart. And that really began uh, a more formal dialogue between between our company and Red Rock Leadership. And then when you realize what they're about, it, it just it became a very logical next step for us. I, I totally get that. Jeff, talk to me about why you started the youth development program, because that was a you had a tremendous I remember you talking about it right after it was going on when we talked in September about it. You said that was an amazing experience. Talk to me about what what, what inspired you to do it. Well, and why don't you describe it and then talk about why you did it? So I'll describe it for, first, like you said, uh, the um, it, it the team leadership training that we're doing is focused on character development. And it's and it's done through the emotional intelligence, which is just the ability to make those critical decisions at times when you may be the high when the emotions are running the highest. Uh, the ability to use that frontal lobe of your brain to to have logic prevail, even though you 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 might be taking being taken over with emotion. And ha- as I've worked around teenagers over the last few years, and you know, as as God makes it, I. I think there are times even uh, I, I I feel like I'm still a teenager in some ways. Uh, I don't really feel like I'm in my mid 40s, but um, so I can relate very well. You know, I've got two daughters that are 17 and 20, and my wife and I um, hurt my. I'll give my credit to my wife on this one. Has done a, a, a great job uh, with the girls, and it's just I think it's one of those things that God just laid on my heart. And as I look out there and I see what's happening in our country regarding leadership. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I work with adults all day long and I, I will, I'll go day in and day out with role playing and instruction and in homework. And, and I'm not saying that we don't see people advance and get better because we do, but it just, sometimes it just seems like such a struggle to take somebody who's kind of worn that path in the carpet and try to teach them how to, how to wear a different path on the carpet, maybe doing it the right way. But when I would go away to church camp and I would 
you know, be a leader, a counselor with these high school kids, and they would surround me, and we would just sit and talk for hours and hours and hours and hours, and then I'd see them, you know, weeks later, and they'd actually had made changes in their lives, and their parents would say, boy, you know, so-and-so had made this change, or this person made that change, and they, they're calling me, and they're, they're asking me questions and wanting to grow. It just, just motivated me. And I said, I got to do something about this. We're talking today with Jeff Ruby, the president, CEO, super guy, and founder of Red Rock Leadership, and his sidekick. No, that's not true. One of the guys that is going through his sales and leadership training program, Gary Barker with Digital Technology Group. And what's funny is at the beginning of the show, I lost my filter and I you know, introduced Gary as the great grandson of Bob Barker. And it turns out they're like 10 times removed cousins. So it's actually true that they're related, but that wasn't I didn't know that before I actually said that so Gary when you look at Red Rock leadership you saw those students pouring out of that youth leadership program that Jeff was putting on that inspired you to find out more about Jeff Ruby his heart for investing in people what what did you end up doing well we ended up uh, signing we made an investment to put our sales uh, team through a program called systematic foundation it's a program that Red Rock leadership offers to really build a foundation that people can build upon both in their professional and in their personal life. And we made, we felt like that was a really good first step for us. Okay. But systematic foundation, everybody just went blah, 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 blah. I have no idea what you're talking about. Gary, what was it really all about? I mean, you've been doing this now for several months. What's it really about without using those words, systematic or foundation again, what, what does it really mean to you? What is it meant to you? You know what? It's real life. Uh, The Bible says this iron sharpens iron. One person sharpens another. And when I saw Red Rock's willingness to invest into young people, it it, it sparked an interest and and it resounded with me. What this does is it gives our team as individuals uh, the opportunity to really look at some important things um, in, in your life. Things like how you spend your time, not not just writing down a bunch of things that you hope to do. But what does it mean to set a goal? Uh, How do you make sure that not only do you identify it, but how do you measure that? Is it even realistic to happen? All of these tools and resources they give, sometimes it's not always new things that you maybe have never heard before, but it's giving you the tools to actually take action and implement those things that you've heard over and over and over again, and you've never done anything with it. Um, and it really creates some synergy so that you can take action on what you're learning. And I think that's the biggest thing we're taking out of this. All right. I'm going to ask Jeff a question, but in the meantime, I want you to think about, think about one thing that you used to do a certain way. And as a result of going through Red Rock Leadership, you found a new way to do it. So as Jeff just said, wear a new path in the carpet. Jeff, going back to this youth leadership program, are you going to do another one of those next summer? Yes. June. Uh, in June. So you can do it in June. And how many spots did you have open for your youth leadership program? We had uh, 25 slots. Did you fill them all last year? Y- yes. No problem. No problem. And you said that I know you had uh, children of clients and then you you pulled from the greater community as well. What is your overall goal for those kids? Are you trying to raise up tomorrow's leaders or yep. you, that's what you're trying to do? Yeah, that that's the that's actually the logo on the program. Really? Raising up tomorrow's leaders. I yep. didn't know that, but I'm glad to give you that free plug. Raising up tomorrow's leaders. I love that. I remember how excited you were in prepping for it. And I also remember how excited you were after it was done because you said it went better than I expected and the kids were way more responsive than I expected. I mean, you were really excited. Have you heard back from any of those kids that went through the program? 
Yes, and uh, it was actually, you asked me earlier what the highlight of my year was, and, and I would say that is the highlight of the year. And um, I, I do hear back for, from the kids. Uh, they, they ping us on social media. They, uh, we've had a couple of them. Their parents have called and said, hey, when are you doing it again? Uh, I've got one guy that actually went to um, church camp with me over the summer who came to leave team leadership program, and now I mentor him. So we meet every, every Saturday morning. So it's, um, it's a cool thing. Yeah. So when you, but none of them email you, right? These young kids, they don't ever email, right? It's just either the Facebook message or a text message. Do they yeah. ever send you emails? Yeah, but you know, Facebook is so like last year. It's, uh, it's not. So that, not that even that doing any, that. <laughs> no. Wow. I just feel it's, old. I just started using Facebook messaging. Okay, so they're so no, their parents get to me oh. through their Facebook. Right? Okay. Yeah. Wow. No, I really feel old. Thanks a lot for that. All right. So when you looked at like the kid you're getting a mentor on Saturday mornings. What are the what are the changes that you're seeing in his life as a result of him putting into into place the stuff that you taught him? Well, you know, with with teenagers, they need to know they need to know kind of who they are, and um, you know, it's always my it's always my first and foremost thought is to help them understand who they are in Christ, and uh, you know, so that's always at the forefront. But for some of these kids who maybe haven't been churched before, which the the, the the young man that I work with on uh, Saturday mornings is more of a discipleship relationship, okay. so he does know Christ. But what's happening in his life is that you know he's um, he's he's very much a an introvert. He's a he's a people oriented introvert, and so he's he's kind of looking. We're doing a devotion right now that's really helping him focus on his, on his identity. You know, he wants to know kind of you know what what's going to happen to me in the next five, six, ten years. And these are these are things that he never thought about before coming to the teen leadership camp because we we did these exercises that would help him understand what their core values were and what his goals were and you know he's he's contemplating do I go to college do I not go to college I go to a community college I go into the trades and so just helping him understand kind of who he is and and you know God created created every all of us but you know I tell him I said God created you for on purpose for a purpose and so it's it's important that we 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 pray about that and we walk towards what what that what it means to be significant. Hmm. I love that. And the fact that you're getting to invest one-on-one and young gentlemen, as you know that that investment will not, it, it will, well, it's going to pay off. I mean, just when, anytime we take, listen, adults out there, if you're not mentoring a youngster, somebody younger than you, doesn't matter what that, how, what, how much younger than you that they are. If you're not investing your Christ likeness in somebody else through a discipleship kind of program, you're, you're missing out on an incredible experience. I mean, you, you can never get that kind of feedback from a dog. You've, these kids, you invest in these kids, and you will see a lifetime of feedback. And, and just relationship, it's like getting another child. It's, it's so incredible. Now, Gary, what, what's your position at Digital Technology Group? I'm the national sales manager at, at Digital Technology Group. So national sales manager. So they they got places all over the country? We actually used to have multiple locations. We pulled back uh, when the economy got tough. And we've we consolidated our, our office back to our headquarters here in Tampa. So as national sales manager, how many people you said your team took the systematic foundation program? What how many people are on your team? I've got on my on my my lead salespeople. We have four account managers that spearhead our sales organization. Uh, Gary, really want to hear how 
the program at Red Rock Leadership has helped you take a new path. Because as we've talked about a lot of different things today on the show already, you know, we do get stuck in a rut. And, and as you talked about in your own marriage, you have no, you, you don't have any time to get stuck in a rut in your marriage because you get a blended family. It's a lot more work. And so you, you've been paving new pathways for six years already in your marriage to Carla. Talk to me about how Jeff has helped you personally carve a new path at work. And, and I love when you, when you shove the scripture in there, I love that as well. So just kind of draw us a picture. Well, I think the biggest thing that, that's been a takeaway for me going through this is really the, the ability to communicate, um, to really have some significant uh, dialogue with someone else and, and that you're invested in. It's a, it's a relationship that is meaningful. Uh, so for me, both in my personal life, and now my wife might encourage me to take the class again, I might need more work. <laughs> Save a seat for me, Jeff. Um, But in my personal life and in my professional life, really taking the information that I learned, uh, how to identify really kind of where somebody's coming from, um, how to walk in their shoes, how to understand some some situation from their perspective and not just me trying to muscle through and, and get my way, but really understand where they're coming from. Why are why are they nervous? Why are they afraid of this situation? Why are they? given me some resistance and pushback and and value that and then together come and say okay what what can we do together to move forward so draw me a picture of the the before and after Uh, so i mean draw me a picture of the before and after i was going to lead you in the question but this is in court so go ahead and draw me a picture before red rock leadership and after in your life i think in my life before red rock leadership i would be inclined to have the opinion that um that i'm right uh, because I am. And and so it was very tunnel vision. It was very much, I would look at something and say, this is definitely the way that we should go. And I would be so committed to that, that I would really disregard the other people that were involved, whether it was my wife or my children or somebody at the office, because I was so convinced that I was right. In the end, maybe it was the right way to go, but totally the wrong way to get there. And after Red Rock Leadership, I've realized that you can have more perseverance through that situation. You can operate with a much higher emotional intelligence, and really it becomes a win-win. You, you really say it's, it's more important that we get there together than me just saying this is where we're going and dragging you along for the ride. Do you find that there are days that it's easier to help come alongside somebody and get to the same point that you would have gotten but it takes a little bit more time than other days where you're like, I don't have time to get from A to Z. I'm just going to shove you on Z and just, you better like it. But you have days where you just feel like, I don't like Jeff's program anymore. I'm tired. I just want people to do their job. Do you ever have days where you struggle? Of course I have days when I struggle. Just check and make sure you're human. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's really, that's where the work comes in. That's where the work comes in because you can have knowledge, but if you don't apply it, it's not going to get you anywhere. Right. And that's that's part of the program is learning, okay, this is where I'm at. I can identify it. And then how do I move forward? Uh, sure, there are days that's much more difficult than others. So, Jeff, you've known Gary now six months. As he uh, as you've talked to him, you've known him a little longer than that because he's a vendor. Talk to me about what you've noticed of a difference in how he approaches his people. What have, what have you seen? What have you observed? 
Well, I would say not only have I, you know, I've noticed some things with Gary just by what Gary tells me. And so I'll go on face value. This, the things that he kind of shares with me is, is, as he helps his team. But I think the, the most important thing is to say what I've seen, um, how I've seen his team really grasp. Uh, what Gary's been been doing, you know, in his organization of the sales team and and pulling the pulling the team together and really sort of rallying and and getting ready for goal setting for you know 2016, setting goals for 2016, helping them write their sales business plans, and you know th- this is a group of people that that are actually excited about uh, the prospects of what 2016 might be able to look at for them, and you know not only that they they could possibly, you know, improve their quality of life because they could make more money in sales. But, you know, now they're, 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 they're sort of in the trenches with a guy who cares and uh, a guy who really, really cares about them and wants to, and wants to show them the way. So um, I would say overall just, and I, and I see that, you know, across the board, a lot of times with our clients, just bringing a little bit of that process, that sales process into the company and then bringing, you know, business planning, the, just the essence of business planning and some of those pillars to the table, you, you, you begin to see these, but, but with Gary's team in particular, um, we've seen drastic changes. So if Gary wanted, he, he joked about needing to come back because his wife says he needs to still learn more. <laughs> if he wanted to come back and retake the class, does he pay the same price? He'd pay a reduced price to come back and take the same class. No, we have a, a, a ongoing reinforcement training is if, if the company decides to move on with us and continue to work in an ongoing format, then he can come back through systematic foundation as often as he as he would like. And that's really the way um, a lot of our clients will do it, is that they come back through that foundations program once or twice right when they start, and then they'll uh, come back about once a year because there's some pretty heavy-duty goal-setting and business planning with it. Uh, if they didn't decide to engage with us and continue working with us, um, the answer would be yes, he could still come through the program because we're all about seeing people grow right. and we, we want people to grasp it. So we just, we're not about take the money and run. We want to see them grasp it. Well, and I knew that that was your heart. I just want to make sure you had a chance to say it. Now, Gary, you've seen, you've gotten to know Jeff over this time. Are all the guys, your four uh, area uh, managers, uh, are they, um, or account managers, excuse me, are they all Christ followers? No, they are not. Okay. So, but Jeff's program has really got a lot of scripture in it and a lot of scripture principles, a lot of wisdom with biblical wisdom. I don't know if it's all referenced or not, but there's a lot of that in there. Did any of your guys take offense at any of that? No, not not at all. Um, again, it's it's information. It's the way that it's shared. It's the heart that it's shared. You can walk into Red Rock Leadership, and I mean, on the wall they have their core values posted right there. So it's not that they hide their faith, um, but the way that they share it and the practical ways that uh, are discussed in the class. It's never, uh, I, I would say, it's never offensive. Even if someone wasn't a Christ follower. They can still learn uh, the principles and the wisdom. Um, you don't have to be a Christ follower to benefit from, you know, some good teaching. Well, and that's what I really wanted to say, because I, I know that Jeff's heart and passion is because of his, his life in Christ. But I know that the program will benefit anybody, whether they're a Christ follower or not. The good news is that people are going to get to hear Scripture as part of the program, and it really makes an impact on them. So talk about the four guys that you sent through as well, before and after. Maybe just pick one or pick the team, maybe even just results before versus after, after going through this uh, systematic foundations program. What, what, what do you notice the difference in the team? I think an awareness uh, is a good word to use, an awareness of themselves, 
uh, some some self-awareness and awareness of others. Uh, as an example, uh, we have a, a client who um, uh, has a certain personality, a certain way that they feel comfortable doing business. And I had a sales uh, guy, just a great guy, hard worker. But, man, it was just like locking horns every time he and that customer would get together. Mm. And the business transaction would happen, but there was so much effort and energy that got spent just to get to the end of just something simple. When he learned that he could be aware of himself, where he's at, but also where the customer is coming from, uh, and he could offer to the customer a way of doing business that felt comfortable for him, man, the process got a lot easier. Uh, he would walk into my office and go, yeah, I just talked to this customer. Man, that stuff really works. You know, it was easy. <laughs> well, Jeff, that's got to make you feel good to hear that. Absolutely. So when you say you know, he, he learned, I mean, were they learning just to seek first to understand? I mean, you, you're talking about one of the seven highly the seven highly uh, seven habits of a highly successful person. It sounds like that's what you were describing. Yeah, that's part of it. It's also part of the, uh, you know, we all have different makeups and and. When you take an assessment, you learn some people are very driven. Some people are very, uh, very social introverts and extroverts. And you learn that not so that you can observe someone's personality and identify it. But we all have uh, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and we're not robots. We're all unique in the way that God designed us. And when you learn how to communicate with somebody on the level that God created them, it changes everything. It changes your communication. It changes your relationship. It changes how you value that other person. And they're no longer annoying. They're just operating the way God made them operate. And how do we work together? And what's that look like? And that's really what, what you learn about. Well, that's a great love and respect concept, Jeff. As I, I've read that book many, many times, it talks about the fact that it, just because somebody does it differently. It doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it different. But you're helping people recognize the fact, and maybe this is a, a way that as Christ followers, we can take this way. You don't necessarily have to teach it this way, but God created us all as individuals, but to be able to seek to find the image of our Heavenly Father in people. If we could just seek to find, I mean, because that's the bottom line is that for the most part, interactions with other people don't have to be painful, but sometimes people are in pain, which makes those interactions painful. Right. So how are you, you know, you've been doing this for, for a, a, a quite a while now, Jeff, redrockleadership.com. What is your favorite part of seeing what Gary and his team have gone through? What's your favorite part of that? I would say my favorite part is, is seeing someone confidence just um, really go from thinking that they're uh, just a, a piece to the puzzle to actually somebody who's really part of the bigger picture and uh, really is part of something that can be great. And, uh, you know, the, the, the organization, the, you know, Gary and his executive team have some real high aspirations for things that can happen over the next three to five years. And, you know, one of the things that we really focused on were taking a look at this group of people and really saying, hey, you know what? These people, th these people are worth it. You know, they've got great skills and they and maybe they're just not executing. There's some hidden skills they don't know that they have. And when you're able to go in there and through a role play or through a lesson or through a roundtable discussion, see see folks all of a sudden begin to discover things about themselves that they didn't know they could do. You know, um, they didn't know they had the level of confidence that that 
that it took to close a deal that was you know twice the size of the deal they closed last year. And so those are the conversations that start to take place now. And uh, it just it you know they, they call us for coaching. You know I think that's the greatest compliment ever is when the phone rings and they say hey you know so and so is on the phone and they want to know you know Debbie says so and so is you know called they want uh, they want an hour to an hour and a half of your time to begin to coach through some of these principles that you've been that you've been training on. I mean, there's no greater feeling than getting that phone call and know that people are actually engaging and embracing it. When we come back, really want to talk about how people can get involved. Because I know there's people out there listening going, man, I could use that. I, I, everybody could use everybody could use to step back for a moment and just get a fresh look and fresh perspective and to be able to recognize those things that need to be changed around their offices. And there's nothing like getting out of the office for a day or two to be able to get that fresh perspective. So I want people to find out how they can do that. And I really want you to be able to just share how in systematic foundations, how you incorporate the scripture into that, because I think people need to understand people listen to this show are like, well, I want to know, does it have a Bible basis? And I will tell you that everything that Jeff Ruby does has a Bible basis. Not everybody that takes a a red rock leadership course is going to understand that, but their lives will be impacted. Talk about how you build scripture into what you do. And I know that sometimes it's probably out and out here's scripture, Sometimes with references, sometimes without, and sometimes it's it's not as out and out. How do you incorporate scripture into what you do and how you build your lesson plan? First and foremost, through prayer and um, everything that we do, it's been my commitment from day one that everything that we do would be reflective of biblical principle. So if somebody comes into our training and whether they're a believer or they're not a believer, if they'd ever stepped church in a Bible-believing church, uh, days after coming through one of our trainings, they wouldn't hear anything that'd be in conflict with that. So that's always been my prayer. Um, my clients all know where I stand. Um, that's something that I pray about. I don't, I don't keep it a secret. Um, and you know, the, the one Bible verse that I will mention probably more than anything is James, uh, one, four, which says, let perseverance finish its work. So you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And so I, I'm constantly, you know, through coaching and getting into some in-depth details, because the training really will, the first part of the training really unearths a lot of uh, people's, some some hidden thoughts that people have. And so we'll have a coaching session, and, and I'm not bashful about saying to someone, hey, listen, tell me about your relationship with the Lord. Do you know who Jesus is? And uh, sometimes they deny me, and sometimes they want to know more. But the reality is they keep coming back, and I keep praying for them. Tell me how people can get involved with Red Rock Leadership. Send me an email, jruby at redrockleadership.com. J as, as in Ruby like the stone, redrockleadership.com. Or they can just look you up online at redrockleadership.com, or just you got to contact us on your website as well. Absolutely. Right? All right, well, if you want to find out more about Jeff and his great programs, that's why I bring him on here, because it's not just he's not just teaching leadership. He's really teaching people about reality, incorporating biblical faith into your leadership sales and management program. Jeff Ruby, Gary Barker, thanks for being on I Work For Him. All right, so as we come to the end of another I Work For Him program, thanks for tuning in today. If you want to find out more about our sponsors, go out to iWorkForHim.com and just click on the Sponsors tab and learn about all of them. And I encourage you to do business with our sponsors. They're making an impact on the kingdom right there in their workplaces. What did you learn today about how you can take this city for Jesus Christ?
today that our faith can impact the workplace really by getting some training. Gary learned at Red Rock Leadership how to step back and not push his employees to get the things accomplished, but to have a conversation, to seek to understand, to learn to understand where they're coming from, to learn more about their perspective so that together they can be as a team to reach the same result, maybe with a little less angst. I think many of us struggle with, we just want people to do their job versus let's help people do their job. And sometimes we have more patience than other days. I think on Mondays we have more patience than on Friday afternoons. But keep in mind, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. And every time you're having a conversation with somebody, you need to keep that in mind. I need to keep that in mind. I struggle with that every day, recognizing how I drive, how I interact with people, how I manage, all reflects on Christ. We need to keep that in mind. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him. Yeah.